Welcome to Go Gaddis. Welcome back, I should say, to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920, The Answer. Sellers disclosure statements, sellers property disclosure statements, community association disclosure statements, are they important in a real estate transaction? Are they required? And most importantly, should you rely on the information contained in them? Also, do you need a little more definition of a seller's balanced or buyer's market? We use the concept of a market being a seller's market, a balanced market, or a buyer's market to help sellers and buyers understand what needs to happen from a pricing and value strategy. If the market is tighter, if the market is constrained, if there are less homes available on the market than we think buyers might actually want, then it tends to be a seller's market. We'll talk about that and more. You're listening to Go Gaddis Radio right here on AM920, The Answer. We want to connect with you. Go to gogaddisradio.com. That's G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. You can ask questions. You can make comments. You can push back, share ideas. You can ask for your neighborhood to be featured in our neighborhood spotlight. And most importantly, you can subscribe to our podcast. If you like what you're hearing on the show and you want to get little bits and pieces that you can absorb in 12-minute bites then subscribing to our podcast might be the way to do that. GoGaddisRadio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S, radio.com is where you go. This segment of the show is brought to you by the law firm of O'Kelly & Sorahan. They are a full-service law firm with 21 offices throughout Metro Atlanta. The firm specializes in residential real estate closings, including home purchases, refinance closings, corporate relocation and real estate contract review, and title insurance matters. Got 21 offices all over Atlanta, but you just need one number to call, 770-497-1880, 770-497-1880. They are our preferred closing attorney, and we think if you choose them for your next closing, you will be happy that you did. We've got a listener question from Jim and Ackworth. It says, we're purchasing a home and aren't sure what to do about a couple things we believe are mistakes on the seller's disclosure. How do we handle? Well, I'm going to answer this question. First, first of all, let's talk a little bit about what a seller's property disclosure statement is. Uh, there is, I'm going to call it an official seller's property disclosure statement. There really is no such thing as official paperwork uh, in Atlanta. Uh, to be honest with you, it is all produced by the Georgia Association of Realtors. And um, it's not mandatory for any of it to be used in a transaction, believe it or not. Uh, the state of Georgia has no real mandatory, uh, you know, legal requirements. You certainly have to disclose uh, if your home was built prior to 1978, but that's a federal requirement, and that's because there could be lead-based paint in the house. So there's no real requirements for a seller to provide a seller's property disclosure statement or a community association disclosure, but they are very common, and the most commonly used forms are prepared by the Georgia Association of Realtors. And so what a seller's property disclosure statement is doing, it's allowing the buyer to understand what the seller understands about all of the important details, criteria, systems, things like that about the house. So what type of things are covered? Well, when the house was built is covered. How long it's been since a home has been occupied? Uh, is the home in some type of special historic district? Is it subject to a mandatory homeowners association? Was it built prior to 1978? It talks a lot about structural items and additions and alterations 
Has there been any work as an example done where a required building permit was not obtained? Are there any violations of building codes, housing codes, or zoning regulations? Have any notices alleging such violations been received? That's all in the structural items, additions, and alterations. Then you have systems and components. What's the approximate age of the HVAC system? Is there any portion of the property that it should be heated and cooled that is not? Are any fireplaces only decorative or in need of repair? Or any are any systems or components subject to a lease or rental plan, like, for example, a security system? Then you go into sewer, plumbing-related issues. What's the source of the water? Is it public or private? If it is from a well, and there's not too many wells in the metro area, but as you get into the outlying areas, there's lots and lots of wells. Uh, have you ever had a test which indicates the water is not safe to drink? Is the sewer system public or private? Is the property served by a septic system? And a very important question, how many bedrooms was the septic system approved for by the local government authorities? Because sometimes you got one that was approved for a three-bedroom, but it winds up being a five-bedroom, and that is a real problem. Has the septic tank been serviced recently? Is there any polybutylene plumbing in the property? We talk commonly about polybutylene plumbing. It is a an extruded plastic plumbing material that uh, it tends to fail, and it gets these little pinhole pricks in it. And uh, you, man, if you're on vacation and one of your plumbing pipes going up your living room wall gets a pinhole prick in it, it ain't pretty. Then a seller's disclosure goes into roof gutters and downspout issues. It wants to know the age of the roof. Has any part of the roof been repaired, and have there been any leaks? It goes into flooding, drainage, moisture, and any springs that might be on the property. And it asks six or seven different questions about whether or not the property is in a special floodplain, whether or not there are natural creeks or streams on the property. Uh, are there any dams or retention ponds or stormwater areas on the property? Then it goes into soil and boundaries. Are there any landfills? Um, in the 1970s and 80s, builders all over Metro Atlanta used to bury the trash, and they would bury everything. They would bury bricks and wrappers and from their McDonald's hamburgers and uh, concrete blocks and all kinds of stuff. They'd bury it in the yard, and I think around 2004 or 5, uh, the law was changed in Georgia where you couldn't do that unless you included that uh, builder debris pit on a survey of the property. And I think sometime probably, um, you know, in the last 10 years or 15 years, uh, it was actually outlawed. And I don't think you can bury trash on the property uh, in any area in Metro Atlanta. You might be out there and know a lot more about zoning than I do. So if I'm giving some bad information, please go to gogaddisradio.com and let me know. Then the seller's disclosure goes into termites, dry rot, pests, and wood-destroying organisms. It talks about any pest treatments, termite bonds, and things you have. It also asked about environmental health and safety concerns, like has meth ever been produced on the property? Have there ever been any adverse tests for radon, lead, mold, or any other potentially toxic? You've got a question about litigation and insurance. How many insurance claims have there been? So these are very important. You also have a section that covers other hidden defects, things that the seller might know. Uh, you have an agricultural disclosure as to whether or not it's part of a protected agricultural area. And then you have a page that covers all of the personal property items that will actually stay with the home. Now, I believe that seller's property disclosure statements are very important. Now, in today's world, and if you've just joined us, by the way, you're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920, The Answer. My name is Cleve Gaddis, and we're talking all about seller's property disclosure statements, if they're important and should they be relied on? And the answer is yes, they're very important. And this was from a listener question from Jim in Ackworth. 
The reality is, though, that you should independently verify everything. So if they say the roof is 12 years old, but it looks like it's 30 years old, you need to start doing some verification and ask for some proof. If they say we had a, a seller who thought a home was on public sewer because when they bought the home, they were told it was on public sewer. It turned out it was on septic tank. And so they fixed up the home, they sold it, and the buyer who bought their home, when they disclosed it was on public sewer, and it turned out to be septic tank, decided to sue them. Now, the seller's property disclosure statement says, to the best of my knowledge, these are the facts as I know them. And in this particular case, the seller was not aware that it was on a septic tank. They were fully believing that it was on public sewer. And so I'm not sure what the result of that lawsuit uh, was or is. I should reach out to our client and see, but the reality is they didn't know. So you have to take everything on the seller's property disclosure statement with a grain of salt, if you will. And you need to know that you, need, you can trust the information if you want to, but you need to independently verify this information. So should they be relied on? Yes, but not fully. And are they important? Yes, especially if you're a buyer buying a home. Review that seller's property disclosure statement very thoroughly. We won't spend a lot of time on this today, but there's also a community association disclosure that goes with most home purchases in Metro Atlanta, and that discloses everything the seller knows about the homeowners association or the condo association or whatever association of owners might be in that neighborhood or complex or development. If you're looking to sell your home anytime in the next six months, we believe you can sell it for $28,000 more than your neighbor sold their house for. If you want to know more about what we're saying there, it's easy. Go to gogaddisradio.com, click on $28,000 more, put in just a little information. We'll get back to you with what we think is the maximum value you can get for your home and we'll help design a plan that puts your property in the perfect condition to get absolutely the most sales price you can possibly get. Maria Dunwoody says, you use the term months of inventory on your show quite often, but I do not understand the concept. Would you explain it again on an upcoming show? I sure will. We say that if you have less than four months worth of inventory, it is a seller's market. If you have four and five months worth of inventory, it is a balanced market. If you have more than six months worth of inventory, it is a buyer's market. And let's just say, Marie, that we are looking specifically in your subdivision in Dunwoody, and over the last 12 months, there have been a total of 12 sales. That is one per month. You can see how that works. We believe that based on sales patterns of the past, that that neighborhood will have one property every single month that gets bought and absorbed and closed by a buyer. So we know that that's one per month. And let's say, for example, that there were currently three homes listed in the neighborhood. Well, if we know the past, says that there is one home per month absorbed and you have three homes available, that means we have three months worth of inventory, which means this. If no additional inventory comes on the market in that neighborhood, we are projecting that it will take three months to sell all three of the homes that are currently listed for sale. And if we go back to our less than four months as a seller's market, four and five months is a balanced market, more than five months is a buyer's market, then we can see that we're at the very high end of a seller's market with three months worth of inventory, which means the seller will have a little bit more advantage in negotiating in that particular neighborhood, but not be in total control. I did an inventory analysis the other day for a neighborhood that had 0.5 months worth of inventory. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, 
We got market predictions for 2021 from Dave, Dave Ramsey and special underwriting exceptions, which are ex set to expire in 2021 that might affect your ability to, your ability to get a mortgage. Stick with us because we'll be back.